We've been on a series called Off the Chain, and we've been talking about taking chains off of us and, and letting go of chains. And we started in the book of Galatians two weeks ago, and we talked about how Paul started his letter to the region of Galatia. And he started it and got straight to the point in his letter. Paul wrote the letter mad. Okay, you got you to gotta know sometimes it's okay to be mad. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes it's okay to be mad. You just need to be mad about the wrong thing and you need to be read, mad at the, wrong, at the right person. That didn't quite come out right, but you know what I meant. <laughs> if you're mad at the devil, don't take it out on your kids or your spouse. Come on, somebody. Right? So Paul writes this letter mad because Paul went through the, the region of Galatia and he preached the gospel to them. And people got saved and they got freed from religion and they got freed from the chains of, of, have, of the law that they had to do so many things right at so many times and they had to be perfect. They got, they got freed from all that. And Paul preached the gospel that, that when you receive Christ, you're now forgiven of your sins and you're put in right standing with God. And you can now have a relationship with God and it's free. You don't have to work for the relationship. You don't have to earn the relationship. You don't have to, to work your head off to get God to like you anymore. He made up his mind about you when he sent Jesus to the cross. Paul preached that gospel. And then right behind Paul comes the Jewish believers. And they added something to the gospel he was preaching. They said, you know, Paul's great, man. And whoo, Paul had a word. But man, there's one thing Paul forgot to tell you is that, you know what? You need to get circumcised. See, that's the church exit strategy. <laughs> you, gotta, you, gotta, you need to be circumcised. In other words, you need to apply this portion of the law back to that gospel that you just received. And that, my friends, is called religion. Religion says if you act right, you are right. The gospel says because of what Jesus did, you're made right. And now because you're made right, you want to act right. You see how it's reversed. You see how it can get twisted up very easily, right? How many of you would say this morning, I've been twisted? I'm going to say that again because some of you, I know you've been twisted. You didn't raise your hand. How many of you say, I've been twisted? <laughs> so Paul writes it. So the first week we talked about religion versus gospel and how the, the Jewish believers came and tried to bring a, a different gospel. And it wasn't right. And so Paul finds out what's going on. And Paul's mad. And he writes back to them. And he, he uses words like, I'm shocked. <laughs> you ever got it from your parents? And they, I can't believe. You ever get that one? Oh, my Jesus. What you did? There was kind of that kind of an attitude. You know what I'm saying? Yours, yours may have said, said something different, but um, if you had good religious parents, they said something like that. And then last week, we talked about the life we now live and how, we, how do we keep from going back to that old life? How do we keep from going back to that? How do we keep from falling back into religion? How do we keep from falling back into the I got to earn it mentality and I got to deserve it and I got to work for it? How do we keep doing it? And it's by just simply falling in love with Jesus, accepting the fact that he sets you free and, and resisting any kind of religious thing that just wants to get on you. Right? Because there's religious kooky people everywhere you go. Some of them are here. 
Some of them used to be that. I used to tell you if you listened to the wrong kind of music, you was dying and going to hell. I was more religious than most of you. So that's what we talked about last week. And this week we're talking about grace. How many of you like grace? Man, I love grace. I don't always like to give grace. But I like to receive grace. All right? I mean, come on, give me some grace. I deserve grace. I, can a brother get some grace in here? That's me. But let, let my kids mess up. Ain't no grace. Grace went out the window. My son, a couple months back, was being a young boy. And I think he might have hit one of his sisters or something. And, and that just... That's a trigger for me because guys don't hit girls, okay? That's just that's the way I was raised. And I don't believe girls need to hit guys because some girls can hit hard. <laughs> can I get a witness? <laughs> but for some reason, uh, he decided to hit one of his sisters, and Daddy flew off the handle, and I brought him to the bathroom, and I got the paddle, and I was about to tear the skin off his behind. I was boiling, like mad, like blood pressure, head red, pop, 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 you just hit my little girl. Nobody hits my little girls. And so, man, I'm giving him the what for, and I'm looking. I got them scale beam eyes that are just <laughs> Superman eyes. I'm just burning through him, and I'm giving him the what for, and using my deep voice, <laughs> trying not to cuss. And it's a bend over, dude, because you about to get it. This is like the biggest get it you're going to ever get, son. I mean, his eyes are this big. He's already crying. It's wailing up. He's already, <laughs> that's already started. I ain't even whipped him yet. And I, he bends over and he grabs his ankles. And I'm, I'm wearing back and I'm just about to unload. I mean, I'm serious. I was going to knock him over. That was my, that was my goal was to knock him over. I was going to tear into him. And I reared back and I was just about to let it go. And the Holy Spirit said, give him grace. And in a matter of milliseconds, I went, what the heck are you talking about giving grace? Are you crazy? What's wrong with you? I ain't giving him no grace. He just hit my looker. Oh, no, 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 no. This is all while I'm right here. Give him grace. And I did like this. And I put the paddle down. And he was sweating. Just waiting for it. I said, stand up. And he stood up. He didn't know what to think, did he? He was like, so I'm going to give you grace. Not because you deserve it, not because you earned it, not because you were good, simply because I love you. Let me tell you something. That right there was more effective than any skin I would have knocked off of his behind. I graced the hell out of him. Seriously. And it blew his mind. And in that moment, I learned a very valuable lesson about grace. Grace is never deserved. Grace is freely given because somebody loves us. Amen? Amen. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been to a, a restaurant and you sat down to eat and you're visiting with a friend or something and someone, this happened to my wife this week, somebody in the restaurant pays your bill? How many of you have ever had that happen? No. Man, what the heck, man? Y'all got friends? 
Y'all need to start following your friends to lunch. I mean, dude, set up a blessing. I mean, dude, come on, get creative. No, I'm just picking. But you ever, you ever do that where you sit down and you eat, you eat something and you enjoy your meal and you're visiting with whoever you're sitting with and then you, and the, and the, the waitress won't bring the check, the, the bill, and you're like, can we have the bill? And she's like, oh, it's already been paid for. And you're like, what? But then in an instant, you kind of go, dang, I wish I'd have known that. I'd have got the steak. Come on, isn't that true, right? Isn't that true? Because you're like, God, man, if I didn't have to pay, you know, it's kind of tight today. I had to eat the baked chicken. I could have got the steak. Oh, man, listen to me. Don't go through life eating baked chicken from God when you could be eating steak the whole time. So when you get to heaven and you look back and you go, man, I could have had a filet mignon kind of life. I'm preaching. But instead, I settled for chicken. You see, that's what grace does. That's what grace does. Galatians chapter 3 is where we're at today. And before we jump into that, I just want to clear up the gospel for you real quick. By our own nature, we're broken people and we're sinners. Not because of sin. We sin because we are sinners. Right? Right? We're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. You see, I never had to teach my kids how to be bad. I never had to teach them how to get mad. I never had to teach them how to hit their sister or hit each other or talk bad. You don't have to teach your kids that, right? I mean, it's never in the rule books of having babies, right? Any of you, now, today there may be some rule books that you teach your kids. I don't think crazy junk out there about babies today, but... Back in our day, you never had to teach anybody how to be bad or how to sin or how to walk in that. We're naturally broken. That's, that's because of the curse of Adam and Eve, okay? So because of that, we're sinners, and that's why we sin, right? So because of that, Jesus came, and, and he, he paid the price for our sin because sin has to be paid for, okay? Either we can pay for it. Or we can accept the fact that Christ paid for it. Right? That's what we can do. So because of our sin, we can't be in a relationship with God because God can't be in the same room as sin. That's why the Bible says when when Jesus took the sins of the world upon him, it was as if God turned his head and couldn't look at him. Right? Because that was his son who was pure and holy was now defiled by the sin of the world. Right? Because why? He was paying the price for our sin. Jesus took our sin upon himself, buried it in the grave, and came out victorious. Amen? So the gospel is is that you're a sinner saved by grace through faith, period. And if anybody ever tries to take that period and move it over and add something in between there, slap them in the face. I know that's not grace. You know what I'm saying. Don't you dare tolerate somebody putting something religious on you. Don't you dare sit under somebody's teaching where they're teaching you that you got to do something else besides have faith and grace to receive Christ. Amen. Anybody ever tries to tell you the only way to get to heaven is by doing other things other than Jesus. You might need to get a little aggressive. And if you don't want to slap them, that's fine. 
Here's the, here's the thing you got to get today is that God created you to be with you. Come on. Meals at the gate. Come on, somebody shake your head. God created you to be with you. Right? Just like all these new little babies we have in the church now. They were created, right? And, and the mama and the daddy, the mama has the baby, the daddy has to, anyway, the, just be there. Just whatever she says, just do it. And, and so, but you got these little babies, these little creations of yours and your husband's. And what do you want to do with them? Do you want to get rid of them immediately? No. Do you want to ship them off to boarding school right away? No. What do you, you want to spend time with them, right? Come on, somebody. You want to spend time. You want to hold them and you want to cross. I love the way new babies smell. I wish they had that scent and you could hang it in your car. That'd be the coolest thing in the world. Just love that smell. That's how we are. God wants to spend time with us. But when you have sin in your life and you haven't received what Christ did, you're like that little baby with a poopy diaper, right? You can, your mama kind of goes, oh, Lord, pass them off to somebody else. Right? I mean, there's nobody hugging on a baby with a diaper that's full. Oh, come on. Listen to me. Your baby's cute, but it stinks. I'm just going to let you know right now. But that's how we are before we receive what Christ has done for us. Are you getting this? So that's the gospel. The gospel is as Jesus died on the cross and was rose from the grave for our sin. And so that we could be made right with God. So because of what he did, you're made right with God. You don't need to do anything else other than receive it by faith. That's just too simple. What you, you mean just receive it, Pastor? You mean just by faith? Just accept what God did, what Jesus did on the cross? Just accept that by faith? And that's all I got to do? Yep. Look at Galatians. Paul's still upset. Chapter 3, verse 1, he says, O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spirit on you for the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your Christian lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human efforts? You see how Paul is coming at the the Galatians. You see this. He's like, who tricked you? Who fooled you? Why, Why after receiving Christ and receiving the spirit of Christ freely, are you now trying to do or, or get better or live perfectly by your works? What the heck are you doing? You ever look at somebody and go, what the heck are you doing? Right? Verse nine, verse 10 says this, all who rely on observing the law are under a curse for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. God's not cursing you, you're cursing yourself. 
Cursed is everyone who tries to get to God by the law. Cursed is every person who tries to get in a relationship with Jesus by being good. Because the Bible says, unless you can keep, unless you can keep all of the law, if you've broken just this much of the law, then you're guilty of breaking all the law. I'm sorry, but you're not that perfect. And you're not that good. Amen? But many a men have died trying to be good to get in a relationship with Jesus. James 2.10 says, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. So the first thing we see is that the law couldn't be obeyed. I know this is going to get a bit confusing here in a second, but just hang with me. The law couldn't be obeyed. The law of Moses was never intended to be obeyed. But why God give it? We're going to get to that in a minute. You can't obey the law. Americans believe if I do something bad, I fix it by doing something what? Good. Right? So if I blow it, I just need to have a good deed to pay for my blowing it. Anybody ever guilty of doing that? Thinking that way, right? Here's the thing. Who's keeping score? And are you sure that you're ahead of the game so that you can get into heaven? Because you see, most American Christians believe in a 51% heaven. If I'm 51% good and 49% bad, then I got my ticket into heaven. I just need to be a little more good than I am bad. And baby, I'm on my way. I'm sorry, but that's a slim margin. Right? The law couldn't be obeyed. Galatians 3.19, Paul says this. He says, what then was the purpose of the law? The law was given to us to show us our sins. The law, the Bible says, was like we were under its guardianship. It's almost like, I'm explaining it like this, it's a protective custody is what the law of Moses was. It was a protective custody. You could never fully obey all of it, but it was there to lead you and to guide you and to protect you and to guard you until Christ came. Are you seeing this? Some of you got, you hang with me for a minute. You're going to have to use your brain this morning. I didn't chew it all up for you. The law. The rules, the regulations were there as a guide, kind of like a guardrail on a bridge, just to keep you from going over the edge until you get to the point where Jesus comes. That was God's plan. His plan was never for us to fulfill the law completely, because if if so, then Christ would have never had to come. Are you seeing this? So if the law was intended to be obeyed, then, then God would have never had Christ in the plan. Which tells us that we can never be good enough to be in a relationship with God. Right? But because of the price that Jesus paid on the cross, when we accept that and we receive that by faith, we are now put in that place that the law was trying to get us to go to. Is this making sense? So the law was never intended to be obeyed. You can't obey the law. And if you even disobey a portion of it, you've already failed at the whole thing. So you cannot obey the law. But the law was there as a protective custody. So don't be mad at the law. 
I had a conversation with a guy this week. He, we were sitting down eating lunch, and he goes, man, you know, I just I feel guilty working on Sundays. He's like, you know, sometimes I like to slip into the office on Sunday and get all my work prepared for Monday. But, man, I feel guilty. I'm like, man, why do you feel guilty? Well, man, you know, because the law says to keep the Sabbath holy. Yeah, it says that. I said, but we don't live by the law. Yeah, I know that. I know we don't live by the law. Okay, all right. right. I said, so why do you feel guilty? (laughs) I don't know. I just do. I'm like, I look at the law this way. The law is good and practical, and it's a good thing to do. I think it's healthy to keep the Sabbath day holy, right? Because we all work so hard that we need a day of rest. If God took a day off, you need a day off, right? I think it's wise. And when you can, you take the Sabbath and you keep it holy and you enjoy the day. But Jesus came in the New Testament and said, because he got rebuked for working on Sunday. He did a miracle on Sunday. Remember the religious people? Oh, you healed somebody on Sunday. I'm thinking, what, you supposed to wait till Monday? I mean, who's watching the clock? Like, okay, it's... It's 1159, Jesus, you got one more minute, then you can fulfill, you can do that miracle. Here it comes, ready. All right, you're clear. Go ahead. Right? Jesus said, if your neighbor's mule falls in the ditch, do you not go and help him pull it out? But sometimes we feel guilty because of the law. But I believe the law was there, and if you want to obey the law, obey the law, but don't obey it because you're trying to get next to God. Right? So the law couldn't be obeyed. Galatians 3, 24 to 25 says, so the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. Hmm. The next thing we see is the law leads us to Christ, right? You can't train yourself into godliness. You got to go from the rules to the person to get godliness. The law leads us to Christ. Verse 34 again says, the law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. How? How are we made right with God? I'm going to start all over. Through faith. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. Christianity doesn't ask you to do right, but to be made right. That's what true Christianity is. Listen, if I got to train you and I got to preach you into being a good person by works, then I quit because I can't even get myself right. How am I going to get you right? Right? I, it's not it's not about that. My, my purpose for you is to train you in your relationship with Jesus. I'm constantly want to push you into a relationship with Jesus. We constantly that's why we do communion at the first Sunday of every month It's to constantly remind you of what Christ has done. 
You see, Paul, when he wrote to the Galatians, he wrote to them and he kept coming back with the gospel, kept reminding them of the gospel. When you read your Bible, you need to see the gospel and you need to remind yourself that it's not about how good I am. It's about whether or not I'm going to stay close to him and stay in relationship with him. And when I fall, whether or not I'm going to get back up and keep on going. Come on. It's not when I fall, am I going to get back up and do two things good to make up for my one fall? Right? That's religion. I mean, this is, this is almost weird to us. Right? That I can actually make a mistake. I can make a boneheaded decision. And I can turn around and ask for forgiveness, confess it and ask for forgiveness, and I'm simply forgiven. And I'm still in right standing with God. You know why that's so weird? It's because your parents didn't treat you that way. And I'm not trying to get you to get mad at your parents today. But that's the way we were trained, right? When you made a mistake, what happened? You got corrected, rebuked, beaten, and you got sent on your way. Get away from me, right? I don't want to see your face no more. Get away from me. Go outside. And then they stay mad at you for however many days it took your family to get over their problems. Right? (laughs) Possibly. So then we come into a relationship with Jesus and we start treating Jesus the same way. We start seeing him the same way like we see our parents. That when we fail, we now got to get away and got to be good until he says to come back. You see how the devil wins right there? The devil wins right there. Why does he win right there? Because you're here and Christ is over there. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. To bring division between you and God. Between you and Jesus. He wants you here paying your penance. Paying the price. Working hard to be a good person. So that you could finally one day earn yourself back over there. And that's not right. That's not the gospel. That's not why Jesus died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross so that when I blow it, I can stay right here where he's at. And I fall and he helps me back up. And I say, Lord, I'm sorry. And we stay together. No division, no room for the enemy, no room for disaster to come. Amen? And this is important. That's called grace. Grace says, don't get away from me. Grace says, come to me. Grace doesn't say, I'm sick of you. Grace says, come here. I'll make you better. Oh, you got to get this. Grace says, come to me. When Jesus sees you and and you fall... He wants you to come to him. Don't run. Don't run. Stay here. That's what the law couldn't do. The law just showed you that you were wrong. The law couldn't bring you back. Jesus brings you back. You can't go too far for Jesus to bring you back. Come on, you can't blow it too many times for Jesus to bring you back. If that was the case, I'm done. 
Seriously, I'm done. So let's talk about living in grace. Number one, grace is a free gift. It's a free gift. You don't have to earn grace. God God gave you grace when he sent his son. That was grace. He said, you don't have to pay for your penalties. I'm going to pay for them. I'm going to send my son. Grace is a free gift. There's a brokerage company and their motto is, we make money the old-fashioned way. We earn it. Some of you went to that same church. We do religion the old way. We earn it. Right? Some of you come out of that church. I did. You had to earn your relationship with God. That's not grace. That's not grace at all. His gift was his life. Sin had to be paid for. You can, you can try to pay for your own sins if you want to, but you know what that's called? That's called hell. People don't go to hell because God's mad at them. People go to hell because they wanted to pay for their own sins. You see, we decide whether or not we accept what Christ did on the cross. It's my decision. And if I make that decision to accept what he did on the cross, it's by faith because I wasn't there to see it. But I trust faith is trust. Right. I receive it. And because I receive what he did on the cross, I'm not going to hell because I don't have to pay for anything. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, that's good. When you realize the grace of God, you're never the same. You haven't just been given a gift, you've been given life. That is life. When you fall and you blow it, you don't get the death penalty again. You get life. You get to stay in life. Number two, grace is received by faith. That's the only way you get grace is by faith, right? Faith is not believing in, faith is trusting in what Christ has done. Because here's the thing, if that was true that you could just believe in God or believe in what Jesus did, then Satan himself would be saved because he believes what Jesus did. He was there, right? Faith is trust. It's trusting that what Jesus did on the cross is true. That's called faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, and you need to memorize this verse because I'm telling you, this is how you, this is one way you stay free is with God's word. You need to memorize this one. For it is by grace you have been saved, comma, through faith and this not from yourselves, comma. It is the gift of God, not by works, comma. So that no one can boast. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. Romans 4.16 says people receive God's promise by having faith. Here's the thing is grace doesn't happen 
until you cross the line of faith. Does that make sense? Grace doesn't happen until you cross the line of faith. It's kind of like this. This week my wife cooked some white peas. I, I, I don't know, that's not the proper name. But I thought it was a small pot of white beans. She knows I love white beans. And so I thought it was white beans too. And I love white beans. So I piled the plate up. And my youngest daughter loves beans also, like I do. She's like her daddy. And so Anna comes up. She goes, ooh, what's that? And we're all sitting at the table like, that's peas, baby. Oh. Well, you know how it is with kids. Just try it. And when it's like some, something about when you say just try it, that's like an automatic anti, I'm going to try it. Right? They're like, oh, no. If the parents say try it, then that means they're trying to trick me. Right? And so she didn't want to try it. And so after about six times of saying, baby, just try it. You love beans. Listen to daddy. <laughs> you like beans. I like beans. Try the beans. That's what it feels like to be a preacher sometimes. <laughs> that was wrong. I'm sorry. She tried the white peas. And you know what she said? And these are good. Duh. Grace never comes until you step out in faith. You see that? It doesn't come until you step out. In faith. Number three, grace is available to everyone. Say everyone. 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 It's available to everyone. Pastor, does that mean people with tattoos? Yep. Pastor, that mean people that smoke cigarettes? Yep. Pastor, that mean people that are addicted to drugs? Yep. Pastor, that means people that kill somebody? Yep. Pastor, does that mean people that. Yep. 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 Grace is available to everyone. My prayer is that we never become a whitewashed church where we all start looking the same, acting the same, and speaking the same language like we're all high and lifted up and mighty and powerful. And I got this way on my own because I do right, because I dress right, because I work hard, because I don't smoke, because I don't drink, because I don't do this, because I don't cuss, because I'm perfect. And if you want to be in my club, you've got to be perfect too. How dare we ever become a church like that? I pray God burn the building down. I love the fact that our church is diversified. If, if we had time and everybody could get up and give their stories, you would leave here amazed. You thought you were the worst person in the building. Ha! You ain't heard my story yet. Seriously, grace is available for everyone. I've had people in the past say, man, that dude was smoking in the parking lot. I'm like, great. (laughs) Praise God. I ain't intimidated by somebody that walks in with a pack of cigarettes in their pocket. I'll give them a hug too. Romans 10, 13 says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not my job to clean them up and it's not my job to make them perfect before they can be a part of the church. Amen. It's my job just to introduce him to Jesus and let him do his job. Come on. Number four, grace comes only through Christ. There's no other way to get grace. 
There's only one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. There's no other way to heaven than Jesus Christ. You want to know why? Because Jesus Christ was the only one that stepped up and paid for your sins. Buddha didn't. Muhammad didn't. Nobody else did. Everybody else, all the other gods in this world say you got to get yourself right before you can be a part of the club. Jesus said, you know what, I'm going to pay the price so you can be right. Welcome to the club. Jesus is the only one that stepped up and paid the price for sin. And you need to know that and you need to hang on to that because there's a lot of crazy things happening in this world today. Read a couple of verses to you. John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Romans 5.15 says, Many people have received God's gift of life by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ. John 14.6 says that Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Acts 2. I mean, Acts 4.12 says, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Nobody else paid the penalty for your sin. Nobody else paid the price. There's no greater name than the name of Jesus. Amen. Nobody else paid the price for you. You didn't even pay it for yourself. Jesus did. Think of it this way. You were walking into the street called life and there's a car coming at 100 miles an hour and Jesus ran in and pushed you out the way and took the hit for you. Did you deserve it? No. How'd you get it? By grace. Through faith. No other way. By grace. Through faith. So in 20, 30 minutes when you blow it again. After we get out of church, because nobody blows it in church, right? When we get out of church and you're on your way and somebody pulls out in front of you and your blood pressure goes up and all these other things. Or they get your order wrong or something and, you know, you want to give the waitress the what for. When you, when you blow it again in 20, 30 minutes, I want you to know that you're saved by grace through faith. And not by works and not by yourself. Is that freeing or not? That's hard to accept though, right? It's hard to wrap your head around it because I mean, I've been a bad boy. And I blew it this week. Can't I just be made right? Is it really that easy? Number five, grace is extended throughout eternity. Jesus took care of your past, present, and future sins. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's not just talking about heaven. It's talking about your yesterday, your today, and your tomorrow. Here's the thing about grace. is It doesn't just let you off the hook. It changes your motivation. It's like I opened up with the story about Ethan. Instead of beating the Gehenna out of him, I gave him grace. He's never hit his sister again. I don't think he will. Grace changes your motivation. When you get something that you didn't deserve and you didn't earn, it messes you up, doesn't it? That's what you've received. It changes your motivation. 
That's how God deals with us is through grace. Can he bring the hellfire and brimstone? You better believe it. He can bring it any minute. And you better stay afraid. <laughs> Titus 2, 1, Titus 2, 11 to 12. And I'm going to close with this verse. It says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers. The grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. That's what grace does. That's what grace does for us. Amen? Grace is when what you ought to do becomes what you want to do. Stand up with me this morning. I just want to be free myself. Can I be honest with you? I still struggle at times with the earn it thing and the rules and the regulations and all that. I still, I still struggle sometimes. I still wrestle sometimes. That because I do something bad, I got to now do something good. I'm just being real with you this morning. And I know that there's others of you that are here today. And you've blown it. And you got a record that's as long as from here to the floor. But that's a worldly record. That's not your godly record. Because you see, your God record has been cleansed. And it's been washed clean. And so I, I don't know who you are today. And I don't know where you're at, but... If the Lord spoke to you in this, I just want to pray for you. And I just want you to receive the freedom that's available for you today. He's extending his grace to you today. Not, not that you go sin more. Not that you now say, I don't have to do it to live by no rules regulations. I can live buck wild. No. It's not for that. He gives you grace so that you draw closer to him. Amen. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, I come to you this morning and I thank you for grace. Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for your work on the cross. I thank you for resurrection, Lord, and victory. I thank you, Lord, that chains have been broken. Religious chains have been broken, Lord. I thank you for the law and that the law was there to guide us to Jesus. But Lord, I'm, I'm sure glad I got to meet Jesus because now I can be myself and I can be free and I don't have to be anything else but who I am. Forgiven of my past and my present and my future. Lord, I accept your grace this morning. By faith, I receive your grace this morning. Say that with me, church. Say, by faith, by faith. I receive your grace. Thank you for your grace, Lord. I need you, Lord. Every day I need you, Lord. Father, I pray for a free church, a grace-filled church. I pray for a place where the broken and the beaten and those that have made bad decisions and those that have followed the lust of the flesh and the pride of life and the lust of this world 
and realize their shape without you. Lord, I, I just pray for those people to come. Lord, we welcome them in. I pray that, Lord, we're like agents of grace. Father, this week we go out into the world that you've given us with a super soaker full of grace, Lord, and we just begin to spray grace on everybody, Father. Undeserved grace. Unearned grace, Lord. And Father, when we want to start walking in religion and working for it, Lord, I pray we'll spray ourselves. And Father, we'll get some grace. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you for Galatians. Thank you for this church. I rebuke every religious spirit. I rebuke, I rebuke every earnest type of spirit, every, every kind of work spirit. I just rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. And I say to those chains be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Chains fall to the ground in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray right now, Lord. I pray for past to be broken right now. I pray for past to be shaken off right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, for future fear of failure to be broken off of people right now, Lord. And, Lord, we won't focus on failure, but we'll focus on you. And then one day realize we got over failure because our eyes were on you and not on failure. And so, Lord, I pray that over this church. I pray that over myself, Lord. Help me to give the grace that you've given to me, Lord, to others. And Father, I bless you and I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you that it sets the captives free. And that we're free indeed, Lord. And I bless you, Father. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.